0: Hey, welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in today's episode, I wanted to share with you some advice I recently gave a lady who I'm mentoring. She is a network operations manager and she oversees 10 primary care networks. The challenge she brought to the call was how does she kind of run a productive meeting with 10 clinical directors? Because often the agenda is too full, half of the items don't get addressed, and sometimes the network conversations get derailed by kind of other topics and the meeting lacks focus. So I thought this would be a really good episode to bring to the podcast. I think it's something that we can all relate to. I certainly can, and this is what we talk through. And before I get started, actually, I just wanted to say the advice that we talk through and the strategies that we talk to are really quite simple but sometimes we just forget and I forget. So we talked about the importance of mastering the fundamentals and being consistent. So sometimes we really prepare, sometimes we don't, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So none of this stuff is rocket science. Sometimes we just need a little nudge and we just need to be reminded. And I think that's what she took from the call. None of these principles are new. She just needed to reflect on The importance of doing the basic tasks because when we don't do the basic tasks, then things go off track. So sometimes they're a faff and they're inconvenient and they're time consuming, but in the long run, they really, really, really help. So the first thing we discussed was preparation and making sure she had ample time to prepare for the board meeting, making sure that she wasn't hopping from one meeting straight into the board meeting, really thinking about the agenda and really going on the history of the meetings. And thinking about the kind of history and the conduct of the meetings to date, how many items can that meeting really successfully manage? So, she is the chair of that meeting and can influence and control that agenda, and she just needed to be reminded of that. We also talked about some pressing issues in her eyes that she really wanted to focus on. So, we talked about theming the meeting. So we talked about having a dedicated governance meeting and hopefully what you can take from this. For you, it might not be governance. It might be workforce. It might be premises. It might be IT. But to say in the next meeting, this meeting is solely going to be focused on governance because of X, Y and Z. There are a number of risks. There are a number of issues and we need to discuss them because this will impact x y and z so to theme the meeting to give people ample notice that the theme of this meeting was going to be centered around governance and then we would link the meeting to two hours so the first hour would be governance the second hour would be kind of the normal business as usual but to put the most important thing first We then talked about how she was going to present the information. So some people can just take the information on verbally. Some people like papers in advance. Some people like to see a PowerPoint presentation. Now, this sounds really dry, but my preference is a PowerPoint deck with like one item per page. So sometimes we want to focus everybody where a lot of these meetings happen virtually. Not everybody likes having their cameras on or having their full face shown. So having a slide deck helps people feel comfortable having their camera on and gives them something to focus on, which is not just your face or not just their face. So we talked about having a PowerPoint presentation and just having the issues on there. And then she was going to go away and think about how she's going to structure that information. Is it, you know, like who, what, why, when, how? is it, you know, description and then the cost, then the risk? Just a really simple framework, a simple table to say, this is what we need to talk about. This is why we need to talk about. This is a current issue and this is a current implication, you know, and these are the proposed solutions. And I would come with those solutions. If there's any cost associated with it, make sure you know the cost. The time frame associated, you know, essentially make sure you know the details. Come prepared for the meeting. So if you don't come prepared for the meeting, it's not surprising if you don't get the outcome that you you don't get a decision, because then you have to go, oh, no, I'm not quite sure about that. I need to go back. I need to go back and double check the finances. Or I need to go and double check with X, Y and Z. There may be some unforeseen questions that come up that you just simply don't know. And that's fine. It's about making sure you are as prepared as possible. That's kind of the presentation, but going back to preparing, also being really clear on the time frame. So, if you need a quick decision made, it's what can you do to help your colleagues make that decision? So, rather than spring it on them into the board meeting, it may be that you do send an email, you do post a message in the WhatsApp, you do create a set of frequently asked questions you do have a testimonial from another network or another organization or somebody doing the same it may also be helpful to consider what alternatives are at play so i'd really take your time to prepare for your meeting and think about the presentation of your information keep it simple and Often, we are presenting things and discussing things where we make, we're likely not the expert. So, to taking the time to write it down will help your confidence in being able to deliver the message. And for those of you who have done the core strength training, sometimes it's helpful to write thinking about people's motivations. So, some people will really be heavily motivated by people some people will really be heavily motivated by process and some of your colleagues will really be heavily motivated by performance and some people will just sit in the middle but typically we want to know how is this going to affect the people what is the process the governance around the decision and the performance how much does it cost what are the outcomes going to be? So if you just make it really, really clear, and then you'll have your questions for consideration. So based on this information, we need to explore X, Y, and Z. Or you may already have some decision-making principles. And if it's one of those things that you may have created them, and then you've forgotten about them, you know, dig those principles up. They're really, really helpful to shape the discussion. And those principles, just some examples, typically what comes up is, you know, does the offer, does the proposition present value for money if there's a cost implication? For us involved in patient care, often there is consideration around how equitable is the proposition? Does everybody get an equal slice of the pie? Is it a network priority? Is this part of our business plan? Who is going to be the clinical lead? Who is going to provide clinical supervision? Is there training involved? How are we going to get patients to sign up for it? So create your decision-making principles. And if you don't have those, how I've started with some of ours is... I would listen to the objections of the network. So, every time they try to make a decision, somebody will typically, in the past, people would say, well, but what about this? What about that? Is it fair? You know, it would always be like, well, how much is it? Is it equitable? We don't have the time. Who is going to lead it? So, they gave me that intel. Then I created, when I say a framework, I mean, you know, like a table. And it was a bit like, okay, next time I bring something to the network, I need to consider all of the objections that they keep bringing up. I need to address those first. And if I can't address them, I'm not going to bring it to a meeting that's going to involve lots of people. I don't want to waste people's time. So, let me work out that stuff in the background and then let me bring them the information. So... The more you do it, the quicker it gets. And you know you, you know the people that you work with. You know what they're likely going to say. So it's your job as the chair, as the manager, as the leader, to do your homework, to make sure meetings are productive and you have done your homework. The other thing we discussed in the meeting, which what I would consider like a chairing tip, a facilitation tip, is you don't have to respond to everybody that speaks and what I mean by that and I do this on the interview I may ask a question and then the person responds and then I just I do this on the podcast all the time I will ask somebody a question they will respond and then I will not provide any follow-up they've Given their answer and then I move on to the next question. That's how I would chair a board meeting. So not everything requires a response. Sometimes it's just like, thank you for thank you, that's really, really helpful. And then you move on. So you don't have to, that's how you have to learn how to close off the conversation. And just to follow up on that point, I might say, so if somebody's taking the minutes, I might say, Leah, could you just capture that as a risk or can you capture that as a consideration? Or well, well, let's follow that up after the meeting. So, and I will follow up, it, like it's not just, I'm not fobbing people off. Um, but sometimes it doesn't warrant us to keep the conversation going. And if somebody is taking a lot of time over a point, I may strategically raise my hand, you know, like as a stop sign and just say, I'm really sorry. I think it's a really, really good point. We've captured that consideration, but we have to move on. And I would use my body language. And that's quite important online because it's a bit more subtle than if you were in person. People might be listening to this thinking, how rude. I don't... I've, nobody's ever said to me, it's rude. But I might just say, yeah, I can't describe it, but I just put my hand up, palm face my palm faced out and just say... Thanks so much, Leah. I really appreciate that. But we do have to move on. But we have captured that in the minutes. And then we just move on. So it's about having the confidence to give everybody their airtime and then to close it down. And if you have somebody that always, you know, takes up space, and it is really, really challenging. But again, I would just say, thank you. We have to move on. Or... Chantelle, what do you think or Dr Bunstone what do you think i would try, i would make sure that person is acknowledged but i won't keep feeding that i won't keep providing the opportunity for that person to suck up all of the time and all of the air in that meeting And if that person raises their hand, so you know like when you're on Teams or whatever call, you can see like one, two, three, four. If that person is number one, but they've taken up, you know, 20 minutes talking about the last point, I will then, I will skip that person and we'll go to the next person. And then what will tend to happen is they'll say, oh, Tara, sorry, you've missed missed Peter. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, I'll come to Peter in a minute, but we haven't heard from X, Y, and Z, so it's really important. I really want to hear what they've got to say. So you have to control that meeting. And we've talked about this in another podcast. And I think for those of you that actually know me, I'm big on mindset. I'm big on meditation. I'm big on visualisation. Your preparation for the meeting, if that's not your natural style and it makes you cringe and think, oh no, I couldn't do that. You know, visualise the meeting. Make sure you come into that meeting calm, composed, clear. You've got your notes. And sometimes come in with an objective of the meeting and sometimes the objective may not be to get through all of the agendas if, if that has not happened to date. It may be that I just want to improve my chairing and facilitation skills and I am going to make sure everybody gets my role my, and my goal in this meeting is to keep the conversation on track. So sometimes it is helpful to have goals. We always want to smash the agenda. But sometimes when you're learning or when you are bouncing back from a bit of a setback, you have to take small goals to make yourself feel better, give you a focus to work on. So it may be that in this meeting, I'm going to speak up if you're not chairing it. It may be that in this meeting, if... I've got my opinion I'm going to share it even if it means disagreeing with somebody else and how I would speak up and disagree with somebody else and say oh that's a really good point I think from my perspective I was just I saw it like X and then that gives and then I can go into my you know I can go into my point of view so hopefully I should have said get your pens and papers out. Hopefully these are these are good tips. These are things that I use. It's not rocket science. It just takes a little bit of preparation. And then we talked about how can we use other people to support you in the meeting. So what allies do you have? What administrative support can you get? And one of the things she said was, Oh, by the time I teach X, Y, and Z how to pull together the slide deck, I might as well have sort of just done it myself. You know, like no. <laughs> If you don't teach them, they will never know. And yes, it requires training, but that short-term pain of training somebody up will free you up hours and make you so much more productive. So take the time, if it's administrative support you need, train the person in how you like the information. And yeah, who else can strategically help you in the meeting? So what other allies do you have? Who, are, who else are subject matter experts on a particular topic pull on their expertise really look at people and try to assess their body language and try to involve everybody and if you're still not getting traction just be I say to people just be direct and not rude just be direct This is the issue. And if we don't rectify it now, this is going to be the implication. We need a decision. Ask very direct questions. Do you think that this is important? Do you think that this is an issue that we need to address? What do you think could be the implication if we don't address it? So get them to give you the answers. Then you move into facilitating the discussion. If I'm going into an important meeting or I am facilitating a group session, there is a book called Fearless Facilitation by Cindy Maxey and Kevin O'Connor. I've listened to it on Audible so many times and it always helps me have a fantastic meeting it's so so helpful and no matter it's one of those books so you could listen to it or flick it open in any section and there would be a nugget of great advice if you facilitate in chair meetings i highly recommend you getting this book it talks about you know the importance of like strategic silences and you don't always have to fill the space and when you're in person you know try not to have a meeting around a table and you know remove those obstacles pose questions walk around and you know, like prepare yourself, all of that stuff. It's it's basic, but we've all been to a meeting and thought, wow, that person facilitated that beautifully. And we've all been to a meeting where we've been like, oh my God, that was a mess. So you, I would highly recommend you read this book. And one tip I always give is, and that is to study other people. Who do you know? Whose meetings have you been in or are in frequently, which run really well? Study them, learn from them. And the other thing my colleague said to me when we were having our mentoring session was I don't wanna I don't want them to think like I'm a cow if I come up across really assertive and direct. And I was like, I get it, but your job is to help lead them and help to address the issues so you can manage a smooth operation. So it's not helpful to think like that because it's preventing you from doing your job. You have to think focus on the tools and techniques and the outcome and the support and the help and the opportunity versus what you think people will think of you if you are a little bit more direct. And I get it. I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. I understand all of those things that go through your mind. We want people to like us. We don't want people to think we're a cow. And, you know, some would argue the odds are stacked against, you know, the cards are stacked against us. But we're in the job. We want the job. And sometimes we just have to push that aside and focus on the job at hand. They want you to lead. They want you to be successful. And they don't want to manage unnecessary issues. And that's what you need to communicate. And you need to be comfortable with your style of delivery. And it will take some time. If you're not used to it and you're learning, it may take some time. And that's okay. You just take one meeting at a time take one meeting at a time and this is why I'm working with that particular colleague she knows it's an area for development and we're just like we, I set her homework she kind of goes off and then we come back and discuss it it's not about being perfect I don't want a perfect meeting every time but there are some fundamentals that need to be in place to help it run well and when I miss one of those kind of fundamentals I'm like oh if only I did this, I only did that. And I, we always have a debrief. So one of my colleagues, Jade, if we're in a meeting together, we come back and we'll have a debrief. How did you think that meeting went? And what, you know, what worked well? And what would be even better if for the next one? And you're just constantly iterating. It's not about beating yourself up. It's just about learning, wanting to be the best that you can be and self-reflection, mentorship, reading books, listening to podcasts, all helps with that. It's about applying the learning the next time. I hope that's helpful and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review.